This is a Y'all Show special report as Hurricane Dorian focuses in on what looks like the Carolina coast. This is Y'all Talk with a Southern accent. John Rawl here as, yes, this just a very, very rough storm. This storm that was a Category 5 when it hit the Bahamas earlier this week. Man, it's heading at least part of it at least to hit the South Carolina coast, maybe to skirt into North Carolina as the Carolina is going to start feeling the effects of this thing today into tonight and into Thursday as well. This is the show that's all about the South. I'm John Rawl. We've got information for you to kind of write down and help out the Bahamas, help out the South as we go through this awful storm, Hurricane Dorian. And we hope that most of the really tough the wind speed, the really rough weather is going to stay offshore as much as possible. But we know that Georgia, the Carolinas, even in North Florida are feeling the effects or will be feeling the effects here today. Our number here on y'all, 803-816-1170. Redcross.org is the website for you to go to. That's one of many organizations out there to help out the victims of Hurricane Dorian. And you too can help in any way, shape, form are possible we really appreciate anything you can do here at the y'all show believe it or not we've got a, a couple of hurricane dorian stories to pass along before we get into other headlines from across the southeast today but oddly enough and just unfortunately enough there is another tropical storm brewing in the tropics that we'll get to in just a few minutes luckily i don't think it's going to affect the bahamas nor the eastern seaboard of the american south that's great news, but Hurricane Dorian still front and center right now. We'll have all that coming up in just a second. Plus, we've got other headlines. Later this hour, we've got Jonathan Lifehite stopping by. Jonathan with CBS Sports Digital, and he also works with 24-7 Sports. And he's got the ACC report for us coming up later this hour. In the second hour of today's Y'all Show, we have hashtag Hullabaloo, followed by our friend Precious Harris and Nashville Music Line. What's going on in Music City, USA? Precious will have the complete report when we have her on in the second hour of today's show. Our toll-free number, again, 803-816-1170. Our website, y'all.com. You can catch us on a couple of streaming apps like iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app, and the Apple Podcast app, all free of charge. All you got to do is go on there and search for Y'all Show, and our show is a free download awaiting your download well as we mentioned un and red cross officials have gone into the bahamas where this hurricane dorian passed through finally getting past most of the islands on tuesday it's the most powerful storm to ever hit the bahamas and thousands of homes and crippled hospitals and people trapped in attics the death toll at least last night was five i'm sure that number is going to go up i saw a terrible report on cnn where the CNN reporter there on the island of Abacus, I believe is the name of that island, he was talking with a man whose wife drowned right in front of him, and the man swam out of his house. It was completely flooded, swam over to his neighbor's house. She'd been crying out for help. He finally made it to her house. She had died, and the man just happened to have a boat anchored nearby. He swam to that boat, and that's what saved his life there on Abaco in, in the Bahamas. So that is just one of many horrible stories coming from this story, this this hurricane here. And now over 2 million people along the coast in Florida, Georgia, and the Carolinas had to evacuate. Luckily for most in South Florida, the danger has gone past them to the north. And But unfortunately, Georgia, South Carolina, today you're feeling the effects of Dorian as it's getting really close to the shore and hurricane force winds expected 
in those two states. North Carolina will probably feel the effects sometime tonight into Thursday. We want this thing to get a little speed. I know some of the experts were saying this thing needs to get some speed because even if it does go inland a little bit, the faster it is, the better off it is. You don't want this thing doing what I think Hurricane Matthew did last year and just kind of sitting there, sitting there on the Carolinas and causing flooding and so much devastation from that standpoint. UN officials said more than 60,000 people on the hard-hit Bahamas will need food, and the Red Cross said some 62,000 will need clean drinking water. So that's why redcross.org is a great place for you to donate and help out. The Red Cross authorized a half million dollars for the first wave of disaster relief, and UN humanitarian teams stood ready to go into the stricken areas of the Bahamas to help assess the damage and the country's needs. And sure, probably you saw on Monday night, Tuesday night, some of the footage coming in from the Bahamas, both Abaco and Grand Bahama Islands, with 70,000 residents on those two islands and a beautiful area known for marinas and golf courses and all-inclusive resorts. And they were just hit big time by Hurricane Dorian. So we wish them all the best there in their recovery. But again, we have to also consider what's going on right here in our American South and our Southern states, as we hope that this hurricane will do as minimal damage as, as we possibly can. But right now we know coastal Georgia, coastal South Carolina, the governors of both South Carolina and Georgia, governors McMaster and Kemp from those respective states. In fact, I saw an article where one of the reporters went to Folly Beach near Charleston and a person named Sammy Wooded said there to the reporter, If it comes, it comes. You know, God always provides (laughs) y'all. Very well spoken, Sammy. And we hope if it does come, it's just a little serious storm, but nothing too serious. That's what we're hoping wherever it hits the American South. But man, our hearts go out to our neighbors in the Bahamas with the incredible destruction there that we've seen on television. Perhaps if you've read about it in the newspaper or such, it's it's really just been terrible. Now, why why did this happen? Why was Dorian so slow and moving? And it's because the upper atmosphere was too calm. And it, it, it had once winds at 185 miles per hour. And it's, it, it, the wind's too calm in the atmosphere. And that's why it was so horrible for the Bahamas. Usually, the upper atmosphere's winds push and pull hurricanes north or west or at least somewhere. They are so powerful that they dictate where these big storms go. But the steering currents at 18,000 feet above ground have just ground to a halt, and they're not moving, which is why Dorian was so slow. One mile per hour at one time there in Bahamas, and that's why we hope it gets in the Gulf Stream and it kind of picks up speed and, and goes somewhere and somewhere quick. That's what we hope with this hurricane, and it looks like it's heading in a northward direction and it will be out of here before we know it. But for right now, it's a tough day, a tough 24, 48 hours in store for South Carolina, Georgia, and in North Carolina, perhaps even into Virginia. I know some emergency alerts have been gone and issued there in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And Dorian, it has kind of been a hard one to predict, as it was over the Bahamas for those couple of days. Remember, it was supposed to be in Florida sometime over the weekend, and it never quite made it there. But yes, it's why is it so hard to predict? Well, it's because of those speeds, the, the, the things we were just telling you about with the upper atmosphere having an impact there and then trying to project where it's going to be going. 
as it is likely, as we said, to be more of a problem in South Carolina and North Carolina than even the rest of Florida or in Georgia right now. But, of course, the best thing to do is stay watching your local news. Again, a lot of people in the coastal areas of the states I've just mentioned have already evacuated, and they're just trying to get far enough inland where it's not a problem at all. But if you are one of those that decided to hunker down, please, please be advised and please just use use your noggin, okay? Remember, any kind of power line, take the risk and take the assumption that it's going to be something you don't want to mess with, okay? That is going to be a deadly mistake if you mess with a power line. Whether it's been cut off or not, let's just stay away from them. Stay away from creeks. Any kind of water situation that you can avoid, let's not drown. Let's not try to drive in mud puddles and things like that. Let's all get through this as much as we possibly can, and let's live to tell about it here if we can. Now, we want to do tell you about some of the areas of our region that are coming forward to help out. The city of Atlanta is welcoming Hurricane Dorian evacuees with open arms as they have camping spaces and they've got Atlanta Braves baseball games free of charge for evacuees as the Atlanta Motor Speedway is offering free services to residents from mandatory evacuation areas throughout the Carolinas, Florida, and Georgia as the speedway there south of Atlanta can handle thousands of campers and is offering free spaces to dry RVs and tent campers, also offering limited spaces with water, power, and sewer for only $20 a night. Now, the Major League Atlanta Braves on the north side of Atlanta are giving out complimentary tickets for their games, That the game they held on Tuesday against the Toronto Blue Jays, and they got a big game Thursday against the Washington Nationals. And if you're an evacuee, if you show a valid ID at the ticket counters, you get free admission to see the Atlanta Braves. And that's just some of the many sports teams and such that are helping out. Colleges, I know, are helping out the evacuees across the southeast right now as we try to get through this rough couple of days here in the southeast of our country. Now, we want to tell you a feel-good story coming from South Carolina, an area that's likely going to be hit pretty hard today or in tomorrow. But inland a little bit from the coast is Allendale, South Carolina. And a boy there gave up his Disney World money to buy hot dogs, chips, and water for Hurricane Dorian evacuees. What a great story. As Jermaine Bell, he's six years old. He's going to celebrate his birthday on September 8th. He turns 7th on September 8th. And and for his 7th birthday, he'd been saving his money to go to Disney World. But now he's out there, as we said, giving hot dogs to Dorian evacuees. And something tells me that right along Highway 125 in Allendale, in the sort of low country, it's kind of cross between the low country and the Midlands, not all that far from Augusta, Georgia. He it already helped out over 100 evacuees this year or this week here. And I think somebody's going to step forward and get this kid to Disney World. And he also will be saving, uh, uh, making a, a smile on a lot of evacuees' faces there as they escape Dorian in the Palmetto State. Now, as mentioned, as bad as Dorian is, we got to tell you about another tropical storm that's formed in the Gulf of Mexico. This one's heading for Mexico, and we're not expecting any kind of impact in Texas or Louisiana, but Tropical Storm Fernand has formed in the Gulf of Mexico, and it's expected to arrive just on the Mexican coast south of Brownsville, Texas, sometime early on Thursday. And again, not expected to be too big of a threat for our American southern states in the Gulf of Mexico region. The Texas and Louisiana states are what I'm specifically referencing here. 
But the National Weather Service out of New Orleans put a statement out and said this storm is not expected to impact the northern Gulf Coast. However, given the time of year, it is a good idea to have a plan in place. Stay tuned for more information. Still, if this thing goes into Mexico as expected, it could still loop around and not necessarily be a tropical storm into Texas and Louisiana and across the rest of the Southeast. But you can see this thing being some kind of weather front that causes a lot of rainfall and other problems for the citizens of our southern states there toward Mexico. That's the time the time of year we live in in the south. We have these kind of issues popping up in both the Gulf of Mexico and in the Atlantic right now with dorian well we have more headlines coming up from across the southeast that's pretty much our dorian coverage for today again redcross.org is the way to you for you to be able to help donate whatever you can please anything you can do to help out the victims in the bahamas and then unfortunately we're going to have people who are in need right here in our american south anything you can do redcross.org when we come back the governor of alabama has been in a little controversy since friday of last week and we'll let you know what that was in fact she's stealing a page right out of the governor of the commonwealth of virginia's playbook literally that's up next plus some other fun stuff to tell you about and don't forget later this hour it's our acc spotlight this is y'all Honey, I just switched the family to Boost Mobile, and we got so much more. Awesome. Like what? We got four free LG Stylo 5 phones for the whole family. Four lines for just $25 per line per month with unlimited gigs. I smashed up the car a bit. And they have a super reliable, super fast nationwide network. Whoa, four free LG... Wait, back up. Did you just say you... Four free LG Stylo 5 phones? Yep. No, no. Something about the car? Oh, you mean Boost Super Reliable, Super Fast Network. Before that, the car smashing thing. What? The smashing deal we got? Four lines for just $25 per line per month? No. Between the four lines for $25 per line per month and the unlimited gigs part, you said I smashed up the car a bit. I did. It's completely smashed. We need a new vehicle. But four free phones. Boost Mobile, the switch that gives you more. Offer ends 916.19 or while supplies last. Requires one port from eligible carrier and activation. One free device per line. Includes mobile optimized data. Additional terms and restrictions apply. Offers and covers not available everywhere. See BoostMobile.com or retailer for full details. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252.
talking to the show that's all about the South. And on Friday of last week, I found myself checking into a hotel room in North Alabama. I cut on the Huntsville television station to kind of catch up on what was going on mostly with Hurricane Dorian. And lo and behold, the big story in Alabama at the end of last week was Governor Kay Ivey. And this was not a good story for the governor of Alabama, as it's been revealed that she wore blackface while a student at Auburn University some 50 years ago. She wore blackface at a college skit. And now she is standing firm and says she does not plan to resign over something that happened so long ago. In her first public appearance since issuing a public apology last week, the governor reiterated that she was wrong to appear in the skit over 50 years ago and that it does not reflect who she is today. And the governor, who's a Republican, said she had no plans to quit. She said, heavens no, I'm not going to resign. It's something that happened 52 years ago, and I'm not that person. My administration stands on being inclusive and helping people. All right. Well, back in 1967, evidently she was involved in a college radio interview, and that interview surfaced of her. Her then fiancé, Ben LaRivia, described her wearing black paint all over her face in a skit called Cigar Butts at a skit at skit night at the Baptist Student Union. See, Baptist you just can't trust those Baptists. I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, I don't know why this was going on. This is 1967, okay? But her office released the recording after university officials discovered it while working on a project to preserve old university records. And she admitted to wearing blackface from 1967. And she's apologized. The NAACP in Alabama called on her to resign. And others have said, no, she's apologized. It's 52 years ago. Let's Let's move on, but Kay Ivey, stealing a page from Governor Ralph Northam of Virginia with a blackface scandal while being the chief executive of a state. Did you hear about Walmart? On Tuesday, the company out of Arkansas announced that they're going to stop the sale of handgun ammunition, and also they've publicly requested that customers stop coming into the stores openly carrying firearms, and even where states allow that to happen. And that comes just a couple of days after a mass shooting claimed lives in Odessa, Texas. And remember back earlier in August, you had that awful shooting in El Paso that happened at a Walmart location. And the Bentonville, Arkansas-based chain said Tuesday it will stop selling short barrel and handgun ammunition after it runs out of its current inventory. It will also discontinue handgun sales in Alaska, marking its complete exit from handguns and allowing it to focus on hunting rifles and related ammunition only. You know, today, handguns is Walmart tomorrow going to cut out all guns. I know a lot of our Second Amendment people are sitting there saying, you bet they're going to do that. And if that really bothers you, hey, you don't have to shop at Walmart. Uh, And there's plenty of other options online or else that you can take your money elsewhere. And if that's how you feel, let Walmart hear from you. But some people are applauding this decision as a guy who doesn't have any issues with the Second Amendment. I do have a little bit of a uneasy feeling with people who were walking around publicly showing off their handgun on their side and they're not a member of law enforcement. I don't really like that. I, I just I'm sorry. I, I think it should be concealed weapons only if you're going to have a handgun on you. That's how I feel. Because, again, I think some people, even if they're licensed to carry a gun, in my opinion, because I've known some people who really shouldn't have guns and they got them. And it's not because they're mentally off. They just I don't like their personality. I don't think they should have a gun. Okay, that's how I feel. Some of you might feel 
the exact same way. Let's go to Greensboro, North Carolina. Police are investigated a suspected home invasion there that left two men dead, a woman struggling for her life, and a small child injured. As Greensboro, the Greensboro police responded earlier this week to calls about a shooting and found four gunshot victims. And the dead men are Christopher Savalas Pearson, Kendrick Rondell Gilbert Jr. Both were 24 and natives of Greensboro. A woman shot in the incident was initially in critical condition but improved to stable. But yes, these two people dead, two people wounded in this home invasion shooting in the Greensboro, North Carolina area. Pretty neat story coming out of Oklahoma. As first responders, we know that they save lives on a daily basis, but a Muskogee, Oklahoma firefighter never thought he would save his own wife. Matt Hampton woke up to his wife barely breathing. He jumped into action, going from husband to hero, and sure enough, he helped save the life of his wife, Rachel, a 32-year-old who had taken some prescribed medication Wednesday morning and ended up almost dying as a result of that. So the Muskogee fireman had noticed her making strange noises in her sleep. He said her lips were blue, her eyes rolled back and her head unresponsive. So I picked her up, ran down to the hall, put her on the living room floor and called 911. And he ended up saving her life as a result of that. So a hero there and her own husband in Muskogee, Oklahoma, USA. In Nashville, a Catholic school there has pulled off from the shelves Harry Potter books. If you attend St. Edward School in Metro Nashville, no more Harry Potter books. As Father Rehill, the pastor of the school, decided to remove the books as he determined they were inappropriate for a variety of reasons. Students are still allowed to get the books from other sources and read them at school. The library will just not offer them as part of its selection. You'd think that Schools probably everywhere should not have Harry Potter, Harry Potter books, maybe, because I don't know what's in there, but they seem a little weird to me. But again, I've never read one. So I guess J.K. Rowling knew what she was doing when she wrote. She, she has sold quite a few books in her time. Here's a story about Popeye's chicken. There's not enough Popeye's chicken stories to go around. Police say a man pulled a gun at a Houston area Popeye's after being told they were out of chicken sandwiches. <laughs> We told you on Tuesday about a Chattanooga man who's suing Popeyes for running out of sandwiches. And now in Houston, they are pulling guns. The police lieutenant in Houston, Larry Croson, says officers were called to the restaurant there Monday night after a group of people tried to order a chicken sandwich. And Croson says when the manager told them they were out, one of the males became upset and pulled a pistol and demanded a chicken sandwich. The manager again informed them they were out of sandwiches and the group then left and no one was injured. Police are reviewing surveillance footage. Hey, it wasn't me. I might get mad, but I'm not going to pull a gun out because you run out of a chicken sandwich. If there even is such thing as a Popeye's chicken sandwich. I'm starting to wonder if it's a, it's a conspiracy, y'all. All right, as we wrap up our headlines from across the southeast, here's a ridiculously funny story to tell you about. Morgan Wallen is a country music singer, and he has a pretty good song out there called Whiskey Glasses. And this guy who grew up in Tennessee is known for a great sound okay he's from sneedville and that's got a population of about 1500 and in sneedville tennessee when he was growing up there he kind of got his start singing but he also was influenced by his father and morgan wallen again had this song whiskey glasses out and he has something going for him not just a great song and a great sound morgan wallen is doing something that was really in vogue 35 years ago but not so much now. Morgan Wallens, he, he's got a mullet, y'all. <laughs> he's got a mullet, and he's proud of it. And he says that, that his grandfather was a barber, 
and the 26-year-old says he's confidently rocking this mullet hairdo, which he decided to try after seeing old photos of his father proudly rocking a mullet. So if you want to go and get your own mullet, go to his own hairstylist, Amy Georgilis, as she gives him the mullet haircut there in wherever he's traveling. Again, a pretty neat singer and an even better story about his hairstyle if you'd like to have a mullet. And he said as a kid he had a bowl cut, but now that he's an adult and making hit records, he can afford to have, instead of a bowl cut, a beautiful flowing hair and a mullet at that. Way to go. (laughs) And I don't have a mullet. I don't think I've really ever had one. But hey, all of you out there who've had them and maybe still have them, maybe if you're a Morgan Wallen wannabe, we love you mullet wearers. When the Y'all Show comes back, we're going to have our hats off and our hair will be parted perfectly for Jonathan Leifheit. He's going to be coming on with the ACC Report. That is up next. Do you want to learn to speak a new language but don't have enough time? Then you need to try Babbel, the language learning app with plans at up to 50% off right now at Babbel.com. Babbel's lessons are just 15 minutes or less, and you can go at your own pace. You'll be amazed at how easy Babbel makes it. For a limited time, get select Babbel plans for up to 50% off. Just go to Babbel.com. B-A-B-B-E-L dot com. I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. into the show that's all about the ACC and the rest of college football too plus everything else southern this is y'all I'm John Rawl and yeah it is time to put our focus on the Atlantic Coast Conference and to do that we welcome in from CBS Sports Digital and 247sports.com the one the only Jonathan Lifeite drum roll please <laughs> 
<laughs> that was a poor poor imitation of a drum roll. Well, it was pretty good. I know you weren't a drummer in the Georgia Tech band. What 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 did you play? Trumpet? Trumpet? I did. Trumpet. Okay. Trumpet. Okay. I knew it was one of those brass instruments. All right, Jonathan, yeah. you let's let's toot your horn here for a second. Let's toot the ACC's horn. I thought after week one of the Atlantic Coast Conference, it was a pretty darn good performance by the conference as a whole. Yeah, I think really when you look at how things you know went, uh, you know there were a couple games that kind of you had to be worried about, particularly uh, Wake Forest, Utah State. Wake Forest came out on the the top end of that one. Uh, South Carolina, North Carolina, North Carolina manages to pull the kind of the upset. And then uh, I think the other the other one that was that I thought was kind of a swing game was Boise State, Florida State, and Florida State managed to to find a way to turn a 31-13 lead into a 36-31 loss. So really the only what I'll call bad loss by the ACC uh, this past weekend, you know, in terms of unexpected was was probably that Florida State. The way that that one went was was disappointing. The outcome maybe not so disappoint not not so unsurprising, but just the way they lost it by going up big and then folding like a cheap uh, cheap tent. And with Dorian kind of getting in the way, they ended up moving that game from where it was supposed to be, Jacksonville, to Doak. Yep. And you thought with that change, it would give FSU just a little bit more of an advantage. I guess not. Yeah, you you would have thought that, especially you know when they went up. You know, it was twenty-one to six at the end of the first quarter, and thirty-one thirteen at one point in the in the second quarter. It goes to halftime at thirty-one nineteen, and then uh, it just seemed like you know Boise State started wearing them down. Um, I believe they ran what close to a hundred plays, and uh, Florida State their their defense was just completely gassed by the end of the game. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, let's go back to the first ACC game of the year. That was back on Thursday, heading into the weekend, and Georgia Tech went into Death Valley, Clemson, the number one team in the country, and the Tigers won. That's not the big surprise there. I want to ask, I want to ask you, fifty-two fourteen, and the performance of Georgia Tech being pretty much uh, not a factor offensively, at least. Did this nope. did this game surprise you at all? Um, you know, I, I thought there might be a little better offensive showing by the Jackets, but, you know, uh, all in all, not a big surprise. Um, I think probably, I think the biggest surprise was that, uh, that, you know, that Trevor Lawrence didn't throw for more yards, but then, you know, the Tigers really didn't have to. They ran for, you know, over 400 yards. So, um, I think they kind of held some things back and, and whatnot. But, uh, you know, Georgia Tech had two really costly turnovers in the first half both of them inside their own 20 and uh that was pretty much you know once you spot a team like clemson you know 14 points like that that's pretty much uh, gonna do it in for you and that's exactly the way it went on friday of labor day weekend wake forest hosted the utah state aggies and it was a close game and just before the game came to an end wake forest eked out the 38 35 victory did you have a chance to see any of that one i did not get a chance to watch that one unfortunately but uh you know that was a, I thought that was a really big win. I, I when we talked about this these games last week, I thought that one was one that was probably going to be a lot closer than than folks thought, and that Wake was really going to have their hands full, and it proved to be uh, proved to be the case. And uh, on top of that, uh, it, um, I believe uh, Jamie Newman for uh, for Wake Forest threw for over 400 yards, so he had a great day. And uh, uh, all in all, uh, I, that was a good win for Wake Forest. Utah State, you know, sometimes they get kind of snickered at about the the name but they've had a really solid program for the last few years and uh and this was a really good win for wake forest 
Saturday's lineup of games included wins by Alabama over Duke. Syracuse didn't have a problem with Liberty, blanking them 24-0 on the road. You had NC State looking pretty good in their win over East Carolina 34-6. And you also Virginia, a 30-14 victor over the Pitt Panthers. But a couple other games kind of stood out on Saturday. Jonathan, I want to get your thoughts on. We mentioned Boise State roaring back to beat Florida State in Tallahassee. Have you heard more this week after this kind of devastating loss, more drum beats for the removal of Taggart as the coach of the Seminoles? Well, you know, uh, not yet, but but that, but that that drum beat was already going, so it, it just reinforces those that that felt that way. And uh, uh, I tell you that that kind of a loss, you know, it's one thing to lose a game to a good team, but it's quite another to blow a big lead like they did, uh, especially when they sprinted out to so much, you know, thirty-one points, and then. Uh, basically held score. They were were held scoreless the second half, and and you know you just kind of wonder what the heck is going on there. So uh, that one very 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 strange game. Did you see much of the play of Blackman in that game? Did he look like he was capable of leading this Seminole offense here this year? Well, he did the first half. That's for sure. I mean, they were they were just you know dodging and weaving and, and having a good old time in the first half. And then it just seemed to come crashing to a halt in the second. And then it just snowballed on them. Uh, you know, they would go three and out and then the defense would come back out there and Boise state would go on another 10, 12 play drive where uh, that quarterback Bachmeyer would throw, you know, a bunch of well, short passes or they'd run the ball and, and then Florida state come back out there and they'd go three and out. And then next thing you know, their defense is back on the field real quickly. So it just seemed to snowball on them in the second half. But, uh, yeah, Willie Taggart's going to have his uh, work cut out for him to turn things around uh, down there in Tallahassee, especially with uh, uh, especially when the, the thermostat on your butt is uh, cranking up in temperature. Well, there's a thermostat on butt cranking up to speak of in Blacksburg, Virginia, as Virginia Tech's Justin Fuente might need to check his under drawers pretty soon as his team got off to an 0-1 start. They went up to Chestnut Hill, and Boston College emerged with a 35-28 victory. Not totally surprising that BC would win, but considering how Virginia Tech had a pretty rough year last year, we know Bud Foster, this is his swan song here this year. You'd think Virginia Tech would come out guns a-blazing. That wasn't the case here in this first game. No, it wasn't. And, you know, I, I told you that uh, this was another game that I, I said I felt like Virginia Tech was getting far more credit than they probably deserve. We heard a lot of talk from, from them about, you know, not having another season like last year and, and how they changed things and this and that and the other out of, out of, the, out of Blacksburg. And uh, to be perfectly honest with, based on what I saw, um, you know, on uh, Saturday, I don't think much has changed. And I think they're going to they're gonna have a probably going to have a tough year. And uh, not not that big of a surprise to me, but you know they they perennially I think get more credit than they probably deserve at, at this point in the program, and a lot of that's because of the the goodwill in terms of you know the eyes of voters in the that Frank Beamer had built up with the program. But right now I think they're a program that's 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 sliding pretty quickly, and uh, it could go sideways for uh, for Fuente in a, in a hurry if uh, if he doesn't get things turned around. 
Well, perhaps the biggest story from all of college football this opening weekend was the North Carolina Tar Heels and their comeback win against South Carolina in Charlotte as Mac Brown returns to the gridiron and his team pulls out the 24-20 victory at Bank of America Stadium. Mac Brown, a great coach, a great Southern gentleman, but he's not too good of a post-game celebratory dancer. <laughs> no. Uh, old men don't usually dance very well, and he's no exception to that. And this was a pretty good uh, victory for North Carolina. They they really kind of held it close to the vest to, to give their freshman quarterback kind of a chance to get his, uh, you know, kind of get grounded and whatnot. And um, they trailed going into the fourth quarter in this game, uh, twenty to nine, and they had really mounted very little offense, and then uh, managed to to pull off uh, fifteen unanswered points in the uh, down the stretch. And and a lot of that was because. Uh, Howell managed to make some plays. I think he he ended up uh, throwing for about 245 yards, and for a true freshman debut, that's pretty darn good. And uh, you know, I don't don't think you see too many true freshmen that do much better. Probably the only one that come to mind might be Bo Nix at uh, Auburn had a nice debut, but really good job um, by the the Tar Heel staff to kind of let him get his feet wet, let him get kind of into the game, and then uh, and then let him make some plays down the stretch, and then and that's exactly what happened. All right. Well, with the victory, Coach Mac Brown won his first college football game since Thanksgiving night of 2013. I guess that would have been when he was coaching Texas. And I don't know who they would have beat that year. I don't know if A&M was still in the conference at that point. And he now owns a three-game winning streak at the University of North Carolina. I don't want to have to go back in the archives and pull that up, but I assume it would have been uh, 1997. It would have been the last two games of the 97 season uh, that they won. They went actually that was their probably the best year they've had, uh, maybe in my lifetime. And uh, that was I think they finished like number three or number four, maybe maybe number five, but they ended up going 11 and one that year. And uh, Mac Mac uh, uh, finished out the year and then took the Texas job. And then I believe uh, his defensive coordinator, whose name uh, uh, Carl Carl Torbush, uh, coached in the bowl game for, uh, for that team. And uh, well, Mac took off to Texas, so he closed out that season with a with a nice victory and then uh, two victories. And now he gets the third one in a row. Well. Another act of Mac Brown's illustrious career. A guy who, hey, give him credit. He made a winner out of the two-lane green wave back in the 1980s. That's not easy to do, Jonathan. No, it's not easy to do. And uh, he also did the, did the same thing previously at uh, North Carolina. It took him a bit to get them rolling, but he, he finally did. And uh, we'll see if he can, he can keep it up and keep it going at, at North Carolina. Well, the weekend ended Monday night. Notre Dame, the almost ACC member, they defeated Louisville at Cardinal Stadium 35-17. Did you have a chance to check any of that action out? I did. Um, you know, Louisville was a pretty game in that. Uh, in that, It was 12, only a 21-14 uh, uh, game at the half, and then uh, Notre Dame kind of, kind of smothered their offense and uh, just kind of slowly pulled away from them uh, over the course of the game, so... Maybe uh, either Notre Dame's not as good as people think, or Louisville's maybe better than what they think. And I, I tend to go with the latter. I felt like Louisville had some uh, some talent on the roster, but Petrino was such a such a nut job that uh, uh, doesn't surprise me to see you know kind of see how the things have evolved for them. Well, Jonathan, as we talk about ACC football with you, we actually also have to kind of rub it in 
against at least one of the SEC members, okay? Mark Packer, okay. Mark Packer, you know who he is. He's now on the ACC yep. network. He's a Clemson alum. And he put a tweet out here this week. It said, bizarre stat. The University of South Carolina football program has suffered more ACC losses. That's three. Three ACC losses in their last four games played than Clemson football has experienced in their last four-plus years. So Clemson has only lost to two ACC programs in four years. The Gamecocks have lost to three ACC games out of four and is that too soon? <laughs> nah, it's never too soon to rub it in because Lord knows what we'd be hearing from them if it was the other way around. So, uh, you know, let them have it. Um, and those three teams would be Clemson, UVA, and now North Carolina. Yeah, and I'm sure they're going to lose to Clemson whenever they play them again here in 2019. Yeah. I don't think they've got another ACC team on the schedule. I used to love the South Carolina NC State games that went on for about 40 years after the Gamecocks left the ACC. They ended up playing NC State and Clemson every year up until the Gamecocks went into the SEC. And a couple of times, they even played the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets during that time period of being in so-called independent. But yes, 89 to 91. Yep, yep. I think even the Gamecocks won one of those, sure. I think. They split that series, actually, Uh the Gamecocks won. Actually, it was eighty-eight to ninety-one. The Gamecocks won in eighty-nine and ninety-one, and Georgia Tech got them in eighty-eight and ninety. Yeah, I remember that nineteen ninety game well because that was really one of the first signs that Georgia Tech just might be on to something. That was a game played in Atlanta. It was broadcast, I think, on ESPN. And with that victory, yep. Georgia Tech kind of sailed on through, and then they got the big win against Virginia. And speaking of North Carolina, it was the Heels. That was the only game they had that year that was not a victory in nineteen ninety, right? Uh, that is correct. They tied them, and uh, the, uh, the the game against South Carolina was a twenty-seven to six victory. And that following that game was the uh, first time the Jackets made an appearance in the uh, in the poll. All right. See, I I know my Georgia Tech football history as well as a bunch of other programs. Speaking of the Jackets, hey, I know Georgia Tech got thumped bad in that opening night game against Clemson. But, Jonathan, there's video that surfaced of the new coach on the flats, Jeff Collins. He stayed on the field and hugged every single Tech player as they left the field after their loss to Clemson. And Allison Mestragenlo, I guess is her name, she's on Twitter. She says, to me, that says a lot about Coach Collins as a coach and as a person. He cares about his players and the program. I don't think I've ever seen a coach sitting out there as the players kind of have their heads down, shaking their hands, and he probably said very affectionate things to them as they headed to the locker room. Yeah, he very clearly cares about his team and his players, and uh, this was uh, just another indication, and this is all about you know, he talks about player development and, and wanting his, his team to be better. And that it doesn't just mean, you know, on the field, it also means kind of off the field stuff. And this is the type of thing he, he talks about. And he, uh, he talks the talk and, and, uh, he seems to be walking the walk as well. All right. Well, Jonathan, there is a growing trend in college sports now to add beer sales at your football games. And the ACC, I know Florida State already has that in place. Well, the University of Virginia just announced the other day that it's going to join the ranks of the colleges around the country selling alcohol at home football games. Bronco Mendenhall is the coach of the Cavs, and he came out and kind of said he wasn't exactly a fan of it, but he understood the reason. I guess it brings more money and it creates it's a, I guess, a more fun atmosphere for those who partake. Yeah, I mean, it also goes to the whole in-game experience thing. 
you know, the increasingly, if you look at the, the trend in college football and really in a lot of spectator sports has been actually attendance is down because the at home experience has become so good with the advent of, you know, first HD television and now you got 4K and now even 8K television. Um, it, it makes the ability to watch the game, you know, very, very attractive. And so, you know, at, at the stadiums, you got to do some things uh, t- to enhance the, the experience and to allow people to, to enjoy the game like they want to. I mean, you can sit at home and have as, have as much beer as you want and do your thing. And, and if you want to go to the stadium and enjoy one, I mean, they're still taking measures in order to, you know, keep people from, from going overboard. Yeah, there'll probably be some that still do that anyway. But, but by and large, you know, they've got to compete with the, uh, the at-home experience to get people out there. And, you know, this is one of those, those cases where they need to do that in order to, in order to make the in-game, you know, stadium experience uh, commensurate with, what, uh, with the competition. We're visiting with Jonathan Life, High 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital. This our ACC discussion, and it's Friday Night Lights for a couple of ACC programs. The Who's have William & Mary coming into Scott Stadium and also at Rice Stadium in Houston. Wake Forest travels down to the Bayou City for a game against the Owls, Friday Night Lights. And then we come to football Saturday. Ohio doesn't have to go very far. They're going to be taking on the Pitt Panthers at Heinz Field. That's an early game on Saturday. And then another early game, the Maryland Terps host the Syracuse Orange at Maryland Stadium. A revenge game, perhaps, for Justin Fuente. Old Dominion knocked the Hokies off in 2018. And Virginia Tech hosts Old Dominion at Lane Stadium here this football Saturday. The Battle of Carolina continues. NC State took care of East Carolina last week. This week, Western Carolina comes down from Kellowee in this game at Carter-Finley Stadium on this football Saturday. Georgia Tech tries to get on the right side of the ledger. So is South Florida. They got pummeled in their opener. And the Bulls and the Jackets at Bobby Dodd Stadium. The big game is in the mid-afternoon time slot. Clemson hosts Texas A&M in a top-12 matchup at Memorial Stadium. Boston College plays FCS foe Richmond at Chestnut Hill. Florida State tries to get a rare victory against Louisiana Monroe at Doak Campbell Stadium. Duke and their neighbor from right down the street, North Carolina A&T, which that's a program that actually beat East Carolina last year, and they're one of the best FCS programs out there. The Aggies and the Devils at Wallace Wade Stadium here today on Saturday. And Louisville's got the Colonels of Eastern Kentucky at Cardinal Stadium. And the Saturday winds down with North Carolina and Miami at Keenan Stadium. They're going to have a big crowd there for Mac Brown's return as the head coach of the Heels. All right, Jonathan, I want you to talk about Texas A&M and Clemson. But let's, let's hold off on that one. Let me get your thoughts on Miami and UNC. Can Mac Brown's troops do it again? Well, uh, they've got a home game, and I will tell you Miami's offensive line didn't look too impressive, but um, I think uh, that's going to be a, a, probably a lot closer game than I would have thought a couple weeks ago. Um, but, you know, you know, they have a shot at it, but uh, I still think Miami probably has the edge. I think their defense is going to be significantly better than, than what, uh, what they saw in South Carolina. The question will be, can, North, can Miami score uh, enough to uh, to beat North Carolina, and I think they probably can. Um, but you know, this may be a little tougher game than I thought. Miami looked worse than I expected coming into the year, and North Carolina is looking better. 
Well, Jeff Collins hopes to hug his players when they come off the field this weekend and tell them congratulations instead of saying, oh, maybe next time. Maybe we'll beat the Citadel next week. South Florida and Charlie Strong roll into Atlanta, Bobby Dodd Stadium. And I don't know if you saw USF. They got pummeled. I think they played Wisconsin, I think, in the opening week. Yeah, they did. And they got their their butts handed to them. I think it was something like 49 to nothing. Yeah. So any thoughts on this one? Uh, so I think this is a probably going to be an early indication for uh, Georgia Tech um, as to how this season is going to go. Um, this is one of those games. If you kind of look at their schedule, they got a bunch of them that fall in what I'll call that fifty-fifty category. And if they they manage to win this one and maybe the the one at the end of the month against Temple, those are two games that will probably be real indicative of how the the rest of the the schedule will likely go for them. Um, so I, I think, you know, from that perspective, it's going to be, uh, really kind of a bellwether game to see kind of how good the jackets can be. Uh, South Florida look, not only did they look bad, uh, I mean, not only did, did Wisconsin look really good against them, but South Florida looked really bad and really sloppy. So, uh, going to be really interesting to see, you know, how, how this game goes. And I'll certainly be, uh, be watching it with a great interest. All right, the big game is Clemson and Texas A&M, another SEC versus ACC matchup here this weekend. Texas A&M, one of their own players, came out and said that they were going to beat Clemson. I don't know if you have that same enthusiasm for the Aggies there at Death Valley, but this is going to be uh, no. a 3.30 Eastern, 2.30 kick on ABC. And remember last year, this was an extremely close game. Do you think we'll have more of that here in 2019? Um, you know, I... Actually, I don't. I think uh, I think Clemson is probably looking at them, going, "Well, look what they did last year." And then to hear them that they're talking the talk, um, this this Clemson offense is uh, significantly better than than what Texas A and M saw last year. And the defense, Clemson is just rolling right along. So I think that uh, I think that Texas A and M is going to be in for a rude awakening uh, come Saturday afternoon. All right, and they're going to have a rough flight back to College Station, and to Aggieland. Jonathan Leifheit, he is with CBS Sports Digital 24-7 Sports. Thank you for helping set the stage for week two of college football. And this has been our ACC Blast with you, Jonathan. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. We'll talk to you guys next week. All right. When the Y'all Show rolls on in the next hour, hang on because we're going to have hashtag Huddle and then our friend will be joining us from Music Row in Nashville. Precious Harris has the Nashville Music Line. All that is up ahead. Don't go anywhere. into another exciting hour of the show that's all about the south this is y'all and this is a hump day edition hurricane dorian is certainly on the front of our minds and our certainly thoughts and our relief efforts go toward the bahamas and the rest of the southeast it's affected by this as it's undergoing this right this very second please please be safe out there redcross.org how you can help out But we need a little break from the hurricane here on y'all. And as we get this hour going, we're going to have hashtag hullabaloo. And later, Precious Harris is going to provide a good laugh or two. And she'll have our Nashville music line. What's going on in Music City, USA? Precious will be on to tell us a little bit later this hour. But up first, it is hashtag hullabaloo, where we go headfirst into social media and find some of the fun stuff out there. And then we kind of share it with you. And that's what we're doing right now. 
And with the hurricane in mind, we find a tweet from Shelly Sanders at S-H-E-L-I Sanders. Hey, how about this? Shelly Sanders, the host of Bayside, a co-host of Beauty Spaces, a co-host of PTTS, and reporter for Major League Fishing. Okay, so chances are you might know who Shelly Sanders is. I, I do not know who Shelly, who she is, but she's also a mind reader and a blonde according to her twitter profile so we'll find out if you know who she is but let's see what she had to say here on twitter this week she writes nothing like a hurricane party to kick off the holiday weekend well she wrote this a couple of days ago in fact she wrote it in sarasota which was not ever i guess never expected to have too much of a problem with hurricane dorian there on the gulf coast side of florida but she did bring up a point about how a lot of people do enjoy hurricanes especially if it's not going to be a major like category five hurricane headed your way but they they sit back they get drunk they watch the storm clouds roll in and they laugh about how everybody evacuated and they're sitting there in the comfort of their own home perhaps with electricity but perhaps (laughs) no power and that's why they got to keep drinking because it's probably not going to be a lot of fun for them the next couple of days without all the comforts of what might be if you there had not been a Hurricane Dorian passing through. But Shelly, I know you were joking probably when you wrote this, but a lot of people really do have a, a very good reason to be scared anytime a hurricane is going to come through. I bet you if you've ever survived a hurricane, if you ever really kind of hunkered down and you were going to be tough and outdo the hurricane, and you actually lived to tell about it, and it was a scary one, I bet you you're not laughing at tweets from people like Shelly Sanders. You're sitting there thinking, man, I'll never go through that again. I mean, I had a close family member who went through a tornado one time, and she, it was my grandmother, and we didn't really have tornadoes where I grew up. This was the only one, to my knowledge, that ever really went through my hometown. They still haven't had a, a tor- tornado of any size go through my home not only town but the home county that i'm from but my grandmother god bless her it was i think it was 25 years ago exactly it was in the summer of 1994 and a a tornado came through my hometown and she was working as a docent at the local county museum and she was pretty disabled at the time but someone said you don't need to be here in this old building that they had there as part of the museum when this tornado evidently was coming through so she tried to go out to her car which is not a good idea either and the tornado didn't directly hit her but the pressure forced her to the ground and she ended up having to go to the hospital and i'll be honest with you for the last five years of her life beyond that someone quite right with my grandmother and i still think when you survive something like a, a tornado or in this case hurricanes it will it will put an effect on you. And I, I'm a guy telling you this who's not really been through this. When a hurricane came through when I was 18 years old, I had time to evacuate and get well inland. I still remember it, but I wasn't right there in the teeth of the storm, thankfully. But I know people who were, and perhaps you've been in those awful situations before, and you don't really want to kind of joke around about these things. And so... Just keep that in mind for all of you who think this is one excuse to have a big party. Maybe not. Okay. Bart Carl is on Twitter at B-A-R-T-C-A-R-L-E. 
and Bart, an audio and visual engineer and a professional camera operator. Well, he evidently was in South Carolina over the weekend, and I don't know if Hurricane Dorian was the reason for this, but if you happen to be in a place called Darlington, South Carolina on Sunday, eh, a little race was going on there. The Bojangles Southern 500, and Bart Carl was there, and he wrote on Twitter this week, so happy they're going to get this race started hashtag southern 500 feeling thankful well they did have issues with the weather and they did get that race started and we have the winner we have your winner of the bojangles southern 500 eric jones he drives the sports clips number 20 car and he is a 23 year old native of the great southern state of michigan (laughs) just kidding on that a darn yankee wins the southern 500 Eric Jones. Now, this is only his second win on the Monster Cup, Monster Energy NASCAR series, whatever they call it these days. As in 2018, Eric Jones won at Daytona in the summertime race. He won the 2018 Coke Zero Sugar 400 there in Daytona Beach, Florida. And now he wins his second big race at at Darlington from Daytona to Darlington as he wins the Bojangles Southern 500, which is a cool race. I, I like it for a couple of reasons. As the the track too tough to tame is, is is the nickname, I think of Darlington. I get it sometimes. I get it confused with Daytona. Once the grand old lady, I think, and one the uh, Daytona. Uh, I'm also thinking of Talladega. So I, I don't fancy myself as an expert on NASCAR, especially on NASCAR tracks. But I've actually been to a race at Darlington, and I think it's the track too tough to tame. I think I'm right on that. If I am wrong. Y'all call me out on it, okay? I just know one track, when you compare Darlington to Talladega, one track was all about Will Ferrell as he was there for Talladega Nights. The other track was made famous by Tom Cruise and the Nicole Kidman movie about NASCAR from 25, 30 years ago. And I don't think they went to Talladega in the Tom Cruise movie. But yes, that is your winner of the latest NASCAR race, and they're getting ready for their playoffs to go on in NASCAR. Now... A family connection to tell you about in this year's Southern 500 from Darlington. I got photos sent to me of some of my close family members, a brother and a cousin and another great friend of mine all went to this thing Sunday together. And I have to give a shout out to Daniel Hemrick. He's the driver of the Caterpillar number eight car. And Daniel is a Kannapolis, North Carolina native. He lives in that area right now as well. And he didn't do too well at the race in Darlington this past weekend. But keep your eye on this guy. If for no other reason than he's from the South, Canapolis is on Daniel Hemrick, driver of the Cat Car, Caterpillar number eight. And he was kind enough to welcome in my family and friends all in there before the race to shake hands, take a photo. And I got to pick on my brother, my brother, who's prone to do this anyway, especially if you're at a football game. Or maybe driving down the road. He works hard, so I'm not going to pick on him for that. But he fell asleep in the middle of a NASCAR race. That's hard to do. I got the photo of him with his eyes shut. And I know that's why they took the picture, because he was asleep. Sitting there, nice, perfect, back straight, but asleep. And I don't know too many people that can fall asleep in the middle of a NASCAR race. But, yes, he he sure did that there this past weekend. Again, congratulations to Eric Jones, 
your Bojangles Southern 500 champion for 2019. Hey, let's go to Nuga today. That's at N-O-O-G-A today. And they write on Twitter what we need to know today about Chattanooga, Tennessee. And they put something out on their Twitter account this week that is just beautiful. I love it. As Anuga today wrote something that said, Today, readers share their unique and quirky Southern sayings, (laughs) y'all. So, thanks to the Nuga Today readers, we've got a few of these to share with you. And perhaps you're one of the Nuga Today contributors who help make this story on their site so colorful and so fun. All right. Y'all ready for some good, unique, and quirky Southern sayings? Thanks to Nuga today. Deborah W. writes, plum anything. For example, well, that is just plum stupid. That's pretty Southern right there. Martha K. writes, Lord willing and the creek don't rise. Bill P., I've got a friend who says sexier than socks on a rooster. I got no idea. Okay. That's from Bill P. Tom R., Awana, I don't know. You, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm, okay. I'm not understanding this Southernese. You want to? I don't know. Okay, not sure what he means by that. Ken C. writes, golly bum. That's pretty Southern, I guess. God love him or God love her when someone is going through a hard time. That's what Claire C. writes is a Southern, unique, quirky expression. Levi S. writes, did you learn how to whisper in a sawmill? It means someone is loud. Okay, I know a couple of people I need to kind of knock on their shoulder and say, hey, did you learn how to whisper in a sawmill? <laughs> or do I need to say it louder so they'll hear me if indeed they were raised in a sawmill? All right, Angela R. Angela R. writes, barking up the wrong tree. Yeah, that's pretty old-fashioned there. I like that. It means being misguided or mistaken, and you're barking at the wrong tree if you think this is a terrible radio show. We are all about the South here, y'all. Sharon A. writes, used to could (laughs) that's good that's not exactly the king's english but i like it there sharon thank you for sharing that angie w writes to nougatoday.com hey she writes he's a rounder and that's someone of a questionable reputation so don't be a rounder y'all here's connie b's expression she shared with the readers of nougat today jeet as in did you eat jeet uh, yes, I did eat. Thank you for asking, Connie B. Susan K., they lol. I don't know where she's going with that one. Deborah A., fine as frog hairs. That's pretty darn country there and southern. Angie W., madder than a wet hen. That's pretty used a, a good bit across the southeast. And we're kind of winding down some of the contributions made to Nuga today. Again, at Nuga today on Twitter. Sue G. writes, you're riding in a short horse in deep water. That means you're doing something that could get you in trouble. You're riding in a short horse in deep water. I like that. And finally, Rachel K. writes to Nuga today, catty corner. <laughs> something looks a little catty cornered. Uh, if you're Southern, I think you know what they're talking about there. But thanks to Nuga today, there's a lot more there on their site. You can go check out. If they, got, they got social fees every day. And a lot of great content about the Chattanooga area, all at Nuga today. And thank y'all for putting that up for all of us to enjoy here on this Wednesday y'all show. From Instagram we go, and we've got an Instagram posting from M O Triple R underscore G A Triple N Morgan. Okay, Morgan, you write on Instagram this week with a little couple of smiley faces with your sentiment to all my Southern peeps and you got a picture of a fortune cookie message now 
I hope this is real. It looks like it could be fake news, but the the print job, at least on these fortune cookie messages, looks pretty real, okay? Y'all ready for what it said? It says, traveling to the South will bring you unexpected happiness. <laughs> well, I like that. Did you get that in your chop suey? Oh, yeah, that that's a good thing there. And what's y'all's favorite Chinese food? I love... I love a little Chinese food from time to time, and we've got some great options here in the Southeast, and I like Chinese food for a couple of reasons. First of all, because it's usually pretty darn fresh. It's also pretty darn cheap compared to other other forms of food out there, so that's another reason to like it. And being a good Southerner, if you get some of that special sauce sometimes on your Chinese food, it's sweet and sour, for example, it'll uh, be hitting that sweet spot that you all are used to living in the southeast and of course one good thing about chinese food here at least in this part of the country they often have chicken options fried chicken at that and nothing better than a little fried chicken even if it's from a chinese restaurant y'all oh yeah all right casey luther is on twitter at luther underscore casey that's luther underscore c-a-s-e-y in Casey Luther, a not yet published writer of books and stage plays, a teacher's assistant, an old soul, and a professional dreamer with a timeshare in the world of make believe. All right, not sure where we're going here, Casey Luther, but we'll take you on one of your uh, yet not yet published books here and find out what you put on Twitter this week. Casey Luther writes, I mean, after all, he is just a bubba, a what? You know, a bubba. Just a down-home, blue-collar good old boy. Ain't got much book sense, but as strong as an ox, handy as a pocket knife, and built like a brick bleep house. (laughs) So, does that mean if you have those qualities, you're a bubba? All right, let me tell you again, according to Casey Luther, that what a bubba is, okay? After all, he's just a bubba. A what? You know, a bubba. A down-home Blue collar, good old boy, ain't got that much book sense, but is strong as an ox, handy as a pocket knife, and built like a brick. Uh, you know what? Outhouse, okay? That from Casey Luther this week on Twitter. And finally, let's get a little food talk in, if you don't mind. Let's go to Franklin, Tennessee. And in Middle Tennessee, you'll find Puckett's Grocery. Puckett's is at Puckett's Grocery on Twitter. This is a community restaurant with Southern cooking and live picking performances a few feet from your table. Great place. And they have expanded beyond Franklin and Leaper's Fork. You can find them in Nashville, Chattanooga, and the borough murfreesboro tennessee so a great destination when you're in tennessee to go check out at puckett's grocery on twitter and here's what they wrote this week that we have to just let the cat out of the bag and tell you about puckett's writes here's an up close look at one of our favorite southern sandwiches the fried green tomato blt aka the blfgt with a drizzle of barbecue chipotle ranch Y-U-M. Yum. Okay. Did you get that? It's not a BLT here at Puckett's in Tennessee. It is the BLFGT. Ooh, what a great combination. Again, it's a fried green tomato BLT. The BLFGT, the bacon bacon lettuce fried green tomato with a drizzle 
a barbecue chipotle ranch you know what i haven't been to puckets in a long time and i find myself in a couple of those cities pretty regularly love franklin tennessee love it used to live there great place and i know exactly where puckets is and i'm going to park in that fancy parking garage across the street from there it's about a five-story parking garage they got there and it's free it's free y'all in franklin historic franklin tennessee just south of nashville and i could just walk across that street there i should know the name of it i think it might be fourth avenue I, I forgot what they named the streets in, in franklin i know there's main street i know where main street is and i know where battle avenue that's where i used to live but where puckett's is i think it's fourth but I, I could be mistaken i need to study up on my franklin tennessee map when i get a chance but i know exactly where puckett's is and i'm coming to see you save me one of them blf gts if you don't mind and that is hashtag hullabaloo wrapping it up for the wednesday edition and speaking of franklin and nashville and everything else middle tennessee hey we're going to continue to talk about that part of the country because after the break we're going to go straight to davidson county and precious harris has our nashville music line report and we're going to find out what's going on in country music city usa oh yes we cannot wait to find it out and it's coming up next here on y'all talk with a southern accent Credit products are issued by WebBank. Member FDIC rates and terms vary based on credit history. Amazon is not a sponsor of this promotion. Offer valid for loan products 90 days after today. Other restrictions apply. See website for details. How do I feel? Awesome. Like a huge weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Hundreds of thousands of people are discovering the relief of a fixed-rate debt consolidation loan through Avant. I paid off all my credit cards, and now I just have one easy monthly payment with Avant. And I don't have to worry about the rates going up. Avant offers you access to unsecured debt consolidation loans from $2,000 to $35,000. When I saw Avant was accredited by the Better Business Bureau, I knew that was the company for me. Do you know how good it feels to only worry about one monthly payment? Experience the relief of a debt consolidation loan through Avant. Plus, get a free $50 Amazon gift card after your first payment is made on time. To check your loan options and get this free offer, go to Avant.com and enter code 5252 when applying. Avant.com code 5252. That's Avant.com code 5252. Raymond's in his Sunday best. Usually up to his chest in oil and grease. There's the Martins walking in with that mean little freckle faced kid who broke a window last week. Sweet Miss Betty likes to sing off key in the pew behind me. That's what I love about Sunday. I sing along as the choir sways. Now that's a voice we haven't heard in quite some time on country radio. It's been a few years since he had some new music, but we've got some good news on Craig Morgan. Welcome back. It is y'all talk with a Southern accent. We're visiting with our own Precious Harris. Precious Harris works right on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee, where she's authored the book I Know Country. That's got 366 daily country music questions and answers when you pick up your own 
copy of it, you can buy and instantly download your ebook copy of I Know Country at the website iknowcountry.com. And Precious Harris is also a music career development consultant. You can go to collegeofsongology.com and learn about how she emphasizes her talent with new and aspiring artists and songwriters. And you can also follow Precious's blog, nashvillemusicline.com. And each week we put Precious's Nashville Music Line report that we have right here on the Y'all Show, available on y'all.com. So if you miss any part of what she talks about, you can go back and reference it on y'all.com. And we have the aforementioned Precious Harris join us right now from Music Row. Hello, Precious. Hello, how are you? I am doing good, and it's, like we said, good to hear Craig Morgan, the Tennessean. He's got his first new music in over three years out today. It's called The Father, My Son, and the Holy Ghost. And sadly, this is a song that is about his son, Jerry, who died several years ago while, I think, boating on the Tennessee River out in West Tennessee. And I know that's been a very hard thing for Craig Morgan to lose his son. What more can you tell us about this new project and what Craig Morgan's been up to i will tell you craig uh, and his wife are two of the sweetest people ever want to meet i've known craig since he came to town many years ago because one of my good friends penned uh co-wrote redneck yacht club so i've been knowing him from you know his different label deals i've found him through his career but what happened is he, he had you know he's got four kids him and his wife had four kids and the boys were uh you know had the big floats and everything and they were coming behind the boat, and they were playing on their big old inner tubes. And one of them hit a wave and went down, and he come back up. Well, Jerry hit a wave and went down, and he never came back up. Mm. Uh, and it was just probably one of the most hardest days he will ever have to live through. But uh, he took a break. Uh, the label was very gracious to let him have his time. And uh, But he's been, you know, he just want to have something to help. You know, music's always good to heal the soul, and everybody knows that. It's like a national-type anthem with country music genre because all the different songs can be so deep and so so personal that it helps you to heal. It helps you to laugh. It may make you cry, but that's what country music does. But uh, I'm very happy that his project is out. He actually he, he wrote it, and he produced it, and he released it all by himself. I mean, he didn't... Uh, he produced everything. He didn't have a co-producer. He didn't have a co-writer. So he just pulled together his friends to help record it. But, you know, Craig has got – him and his wife both have a, a, a huge faith in Christianity. I mean, they really, really rely on their faith is the one thing mm-hmm. that got them through this. But, uh, you know, as he said, you know, it was difficult to write. It's difficult to sing. I can only imagine how hard it is Yeah, because the hurt never goes away. But he said it gave him the strength in God to know. Uh, that his son's in a better place. But, you know, he's got, I guess, 25. He's had like 25 songs at the chart on Billboard. So it's good to welcome him back, you know? Yeah, and those songs include some of his hits, Bonfire and Redneck Yacht Club. We talked about that. International Harvester, This Old Boy Wake, wake Up Loving You, and the song that was spent four weeks top the chart. That's what I love about Sunday. Now, Craig Morgan Nothing like losing his son, Jerry. I know he's had a lot of hardships, nothing quite like that. But some of the other hardships he's had throughout his career, of course, he served in the Army, and that wasn't necessarily a hardship, but it's it's tough wearing the uniform and then balancing that with, I guess, the 
the desire to be in the music business, of which he's been able to notch both, and he's been very involved in veterans affairs throughout the last 20 years or so. But Precious, you and I remember him, if you know anything about country music, with your background at Atlantic Records, Craig Morgan was actually on Atlantic way back in the day, but really didn't have much happen for him. And he somehow got past that and ended up getting on another record deal and had more success there. Yes. And then he went from, I think he went last before Broken Bow, where he's at now. He was over at Black River, which is Kelsey Ballerini's record label. Huh. But like I said, he's been around town, but I really think, like I said, most sometimes when you take that big of a break, you go away because Craig is such a mainstay and country radio really does love him. Mm-hmm. He's just who he is. When you meet him, they're, they're going to spin his record. And like I said, he's made a lot of friends and no enemies in his 20 years in Nashville. So I do hope the song does good for him, even for it to just to be out is the first step in healing. So I'm very happy to hear about Craig. I can't wait to see him here in a few weeks. All right. Um, Again, this song is called The Father, My Son, and the Holy Ghost from Craig Morgan, who is still making great music and making a difference. And a guy, again, who's a native Tennessean, and he's still involved touring. He hasn't taken a break from that. In fact, if you want to get on the road and see him in the coming days, he's going to be up in Wisconsin on the 6th of this month at Edgerton, Wisconsin. He's going to be in Ohio, at Old Washington, Ohio, here in a couple of days. And then he'll be back in the South. He'll be in Cleveland, Mississippi, at the Bologna Performing Arts Center, September. 19 and a place precious i think you've been to a time or two glasgow kentucky at plaza theater september 21st and oh by the way he's performing on the grand Ole opry september 24th craig morgan yes he is and of course glasgow is my old stopping ground <laughs> i know it is and that's a great theater no i'm telling you it has got they've restored the citizens and some people that were really close to music that's where the headhunters they were you know they were in the next county over they used to play a lot of the Glasgow places, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's a beautiful theater. The actual former guitar player for uh, the Headhunters actually is the general manager. So uh, I can see him bringing in some good acts like that. So kudos, kudos to Glasgow. Well, Craig Morgan, a proud Tennessean, but precious. You know, we talk about Glasgow. I, I hate to do this to you, but I got to talk about Kentucky for a minute. Um <laughs> There's a guy from Flatwoods. There's a guy from Flatwoods. I don't know if you've ever heard of that place. His name is Billy Ray Cyrus, and he is making more and more trophies come his way after taking home two MTV VMA Moon Men for Song of the Year and Best Direction for Little Nice X's Old Town Road, the remix that featured the Flatwoods, Kentucky native Billy Ray Cyrus. Yes, I love, of course. I was, um, one of my good friends was interning at Mercury Polygram mm-hmm. in 1991 when he got his deal. And the lady that I ended up being one of my publicity mentors, Sandy Neese, was the mastermind behind his PR for uh, Achy Breaky Heart. And it was her idea for him to send it out to all the, through the Dixie Dance Kings. Dixie Dance Kings was like a syndicated CD that went out to all the country music clubs. Because, you know, in the early 90s, line dancing and everything was like at the top of the it was off the radar basically and she came up with the sending out to all the dance clubs and it just went like a volcano it erupted him into stardom so one week one year he was at the top of the nosebleeds in the bleachers watching the cma awards and the next year he was taking home 
best new song, best new male artist, best new video. So it was pretty cool. Mm. Well, let me give a name. I think I'm right on this. I'm going back a couple of decades here. Luke Lewis. Does that name sound familiar? Yes, he's the one that signed Shania Twain to Mercury. Yeah, that's what he I thought. He also signed that Headhunters to their uh, deal. And uh, he also signed Eric Heatherly to his deal. And, on, and, uh, and I guess he also signed Billy Ray Cyrus. He sure did. That was my icing on the cake. Okay. Yes. Luke of course, you got to have a Kentucky boy. Yeah, Luke. <laughs> well, Kentucky Headhunters, that's pretty good, yeah. too. But, yeah, Luke Lewis, it, Luke. the original Luke in Nashville, before Luke Bryan and Luke Combs, yeah. you had a guy who's a record executive, and what a great job there with his signings back in the early 90s. In fact, I talked to him one time when I stopped by the Mercury office one time, and I said, at that time, Shania Twain was becoming the top-selling artist in the U.K. This was really before... Whose Bed is your, Have Your Boots Been Under came out. This was off of her first album. And I uh-huh. told him, I said, you better watch it, Luke. This Shania Twain gal, she's going to usurp Boxcar Willie over in Great Britain for record sales. <laughs> she did. Yeah. Well, you know, you know, the funny thing about that, she's the one who was instrumental in getting uh, Eric Headley his deal because he was her lead guitar player. Uh. But even more, even more ironic you know the 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 song. Um, my friend actually wrote it. She did a remake of Con Hunley called uh, "I Love to Lay You Down." I mean, not not the Con Conway Conway Twitty, but it's about. Um, and I have a brain fart. It was her first song that put her out there. And it was written by Forrest Borders, who is uh, used to sell me my clarinet reeds in nineteen seventy nine and eighty at the Bowling Green Music Store up there. But Luke also a little story that no one knows. His secretary. Uh, was a demo singer and she was trying to break in and she was very good at keeping her 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 dreams and passions to be a country singer away from her daily job as Luke's assistant and her name was Julie Roberts and one day uh, she had sang a demo for Shania that Luke was listening to and uh, he's like okay he said I love the song but who's the female singer and everybody looked at each other because they knew exactly who it was and they told him, said, well, you're not going to believe this, but it's your secretary. He said, there ain't no way. My secretary's not a singer. And they go, oh, yes, she is. It's Julie Roberts. <laughs> so this is how she got her men and mascara. So Luke ended up signing her and helping her because he was just so uh, professionally respectability just because she was so good at never letting her professional career as his assistant, administration assistant, was huge, cross over into her line of her of her dreams so i thought it was very cool so and plus if you ever meet her she's like the sweetest thing i was there when they were putting makeup on her three or four years ago for cmt canada for cma fest mm-hmm. and she's like what do y'all do when y'all get you some ice water hang out with us getting her makeup put on and she's just like seriously one of the sweetest people you ever want to meet well you know why right why? Well, Julie Roberts happens to be from Lancaster, like, South Carolina. Carolina. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say yeah. that. South Carolina. All of us know, South Carolinians are sweet people. We're really sweet people. I and, know. And, and she's so Southern. She's such a sweetie. And by the way, Precious, if you get a chance, we actually need a little thoughts and prayers from you here in South Carolina and also North Carolina and Georgia and Florida. We've had a little scare here this week with this hurricane. So 
hopefully that'll blow by and won't cause too many problems but that's what's going on lancaster by the way a long way from the coast i think julie roberts is going to be all right hey by the way you mentioned eric heatherly i had to go back in the archives and be reminded of the one hit that eric heatherly had we'll go back to 2000 the year it was flowers on the wall the old statler brother song and eric heatherly who performed with shania twain took that to number six on the country music chart and precious do you have any idea where this chattanooga native where he is now what he's doing eric heatherly i do i talked to him not too long ago (laughs) of course you did (laughs) and he's actually in branson performing with his new wife they've been married i think about seven or eight months probably sooner because time goes by fast but like i said i knew eric years and years ago and the story of how we met when I put a $10 bill in his tip jar at Tootsie's because me and my friend Cheryl Blackman had went over to support a number one party for Mark Chestnut at the church. And Mark had had a death in his family and they ended up having to cancel the, the number one party at the church. And uh, so he said, well, come on, let's go down and see Eric Kesley. I said, I better go. I said, my friend works at UPS with his daddy. And I said, he's going to want me to go see him for months. So uh, when I finally get there and he gets off stage and he comes over, he said, you finally showed up. And I'm like, what? He said, aren't you precious? And I went, yeah. He goes, yeah, my dad's friend said you were able to come for the last three months. And I said, I am so sorry. I'm not a late night person. I have to get up early and I never go out. Huh. But anyway, but we ended up having a wonderful friendship. And him and my husband's done some business things together because Eric has a wonderful visionary about venues and concerts and stage stuff. And he's just a talent for sure all right eric heatherly go google him if you haven't heard flowers on the wall in a couple of years a great tune there and good to know he's still in the biz well we're still in the biz of telling you about all things country music with our friend precious harris we've got to go to a break when we come back we're going to kind of get back on that kentucky train we've got some bluegrass items to tell you about in fact i got a release on tuesday that talks about a brand new network that's going to have some bluegrass music as part of it and i'll tell you about that but as we go to break we've got a trivia question which female vocalist took the song mississippi girl to the top of the billboard country charts on this very day in 2005 if you don't know the answer to that well Lord help you. Bless you, child. The Y'all Show will wrap up with our country music coverage after the break. I want to keep my heart healthy, so I get my cholesterol checked regularly. And when my doctor told me my cholesterol was borderline, I found garlic. According to my pharmacist, there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. And one garlic tablet is equal to a whole clove of garlic, except it's odor-free. Yep, I'm doing what I can for my cholesterol, and I'm doing it with garlic. Garlic, cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. From Star Mississippi to the big stage, I'm singing on tonight. John Rich wrote that tune right there, and a very special female vocalist took that song, Mississippi Girl, to the top of the Billboard country charts on this day 
14 years ago, back in 2005. This is our final segment of today's Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. It's our Nashville Music Line feature. Precious Harris, author of I Know Country, with us. Also, collegeofsongology.com. You also can find Precious's great knowledge of country music on display on the pages of y'all.com. Log on there and you'll see her Nashville Music Line report. And Precious, as we rewind the clock back to 2005, that awesome awesome song that mr rich wrote what female artist took that to the top of the chart faith hill oh lucky guess lucky guess <laughs> well you know remember i uh i knew faith when i moved to town she was a secretary at a publishing company here mm. so i remember meeting her and uh you know she had the wild one you know the uh, janice joplin song well that was maybe uh, take a piece of my heart yeah, baby. Yeah, that's it. Take a piece of my heart. And what happened is they would never let her hear the original Janis Joplin version. They wanted her to do it country. Mm-hmm. So they actually faked up a country demo type thing for her to hear it, for her to sing it, not realize it was a remake from Janis Joplin from 30 years before. But I thought that was a pretty cool way to keep from influencing artists. You know, I think her publishing company she worked for, remember Gary Morris, Velvet Chain? Yeah. Yeah, Velvet Chain, softly hold me. Anyway, she was working for his publishing company when I moved to town. You mean Gary so. Morris, the guy who sang the best version of Wind Beneath My Wings, Gary yes. Morris? Yes. Amen. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Amen. Ah, yeah, I know who Gary Morris is. We need to get him on the Y'all Show sometime. Hey, speaking of Faith Hill, she and I only have one thing in common. I would like to say it's our good looks. That's not necessarily <laughs> the case for me. But just oh, like just like <laughs> just like Faith Precious, I had never heard of the Janice Joplin song take a piece of my heart until faith hill put it out on the radio now talk about a sheltered life i had you did darling you sure did of course my family was so i was so screwed up at the time i got you know into high school because i had everything from frank sinatra to the everly brothers to the eagles to everything you know um so, and the Happy Goodman family. My mother was a huge Southern Gospel fan, and my cu- my friend from high school actually played keyboard for the Blackwood Brothers, and now he plays back and forth from the Oak Ridge Boys. But anyway, he's a graduate of 1979 Emerson County High School, Jeff Stice, huh? and he's been mo- uh, been nominated for several GMA awards for Musician of the Year and Songwriter. So I have to give my shout out to Gospel. But oh yeah, let me tell you, Kentucky is. Is even though our trees don't fork too much as you make fun of me, I know you do, but I will tell you, they may not fork very much, but the music is really deep in the roots that they have. Well, there's something called bluegrass music. I think that's from Kentucky, and we've got some news on that. Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver have released a new album. It's the group's first on Nashville's Billy Blue Records. It was recorded in... I don't know why they didn't go to somewhere in Kentucky. They went to the Czech Republic. They went to Prague, and they recorded this at the beautiful Dublavica Hall. And it was recorded in January of this year. And how often do bluegrass artists go to places like the Czech Republic to record? I'm not sure. But you can find this new Doyle Lawson and Quicksilver album out right now if you're a bluegrass aficionado, Precious. Oh, yeah. Well, the reason why is because that, believe it or not, they still think Tennessee Ernie Ford is dead. I mean, is alive up there. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Seriously. I was at. Um, is is he alive or dead? Tell me. He, he's alive, I swear. But it just threw me off. off and I usually, I'm a goofy anyway because I'm blonde. But 
a man came up to me when he heard me talking with my accent. He goes, oh, where are you from? I said, I'm from Tennessee. He goes, oh, my, I love country music. Or the Dickens Festival in Rochester, England, okay? Uh-huh. And and he was asking me about everything, and he said, oh, how's Tennessee Ernie Ford? <laughs> and I just looked at him with this glare, and my husband's poking me in the back with his very sharp finger, and I'm going up, and I can tell he's like, don't embarrass him, you know? And I said, well, you know, he passed. He goes, oh, he passed? Oh, my, I hate that. I didn't know he had passed. And I'm like, I'm keeping my mouth shut. So, you know, as long as they love country music and I can take my kids tour over there and they can spin the records, you know, with Country Rewind of the Conways and the Connie Smiths, I'm happy. You yeah, know? So, I, I guess they yeah. don't have the Google over there across the pond. Tennessee Ernie no. Ford, I know from a fact because I was working at the radio station. I started out way back in the day. He's been dead probably close to 30 years now. Yeah, yeah think exactly. Think early yeah. 90s when Tennessee Ernie Ford died. So, yeah, that guy needs to find Google, and he needs to find it quick. More bluegrass <laughs> news for all of you bluegrass fans out there. Country Road TV has added the Bluegrass Channel to its network lineup. Country Road TV, that's an online network. It has a bunch of country lifestyle program, and they've added this new bluegrass channel to their mix. I don't know if there was no bluegrass television available out there, but at least if you have the ability to go online and check out the Country Road TV, countryroadtv.com is the actual website. You can start to see artists like the Dillards, Larry Sparks, and the Eddie Adcock Band, and a whole bunch of others there on the bluegrass channel. So that's that's good news, Precious. Oh, yeah. And, you know, Doug, the Dillards, Doug Dillard, you know where they got their start at? I do not know. Let me tell you, it's from North Carolina, and it's from a TV show called Mayberry, Ah. the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. They actually started playing there on the TV show from, you know, Mayberry, you know, it's meant to be North Carolina. Yeah. And it just about is. It's actually uh, shadowed from uh, a city called Mount Airy. Oh, North yeah. Carolina. I've been which is for, yeah, from one of my songwriter buddies, Larry Alderman, uh, is from there. And he actually, three years ago, he won a Grammy because he had a cut on Doyle Lawson's record when it was nominated for the best bluegrass record at the Grammys, I think in 2016. But I had to give a shout out to Larry. And he also co-wrote a Georgia boy, Travis Tritz, one of his big hits called... Um, well, Here, I have a brain fart now. Here's Son a of, quarter, Son of the country club. Uh, uh, yeah, Son of the South. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, that is wonderful news. Now, before we get out of here with Precious, we've got a couple of her clients that we want to brag on or friends of yours. Dustin Collins, he's out of Kentucky and CJ Solar, both doing great things. Precious, don't hold back. Let us know what's going on with these two fellows. Well, CJ Solar's mother and I have been friends since 2008. So I've been watching him grow up in the business, and he's actually got signed to one of my friend's company called Seagull. And the people that are worked Seagull's, a friend of mine, Mark Driscoll from Ever, and a guy named Chris Dubois. Mm-hmm. And y'all know Chris Dubois because he's a co-writer of Buy Me a Boat with Chris Jansen. Uh-huh. Chris Dubois' dad, Tim Dubois, is the one who discovered Brooks and Dunn and wrote the song Loving the First Degree for Alabama. So it's so funny that it's almost like full circle because – when all this was happening is right when I was moving to Nashville in the 1990s. But uh, uh, anyway, but C.J. Solar, you know, he was uh, he's going to be playing on the Opry. And I cannot tell you 
how happy that I am to see that for him because he is really deserving. You know, he was in a bus wreck. I think we mentioned it last week, um, but thank God no one was hurt. But uh, anyway, but he's going to be on September the 7th on the Opry. But, you know, him and his family attended the Opry years ago. He was on vacation. He was 12. And Dirk Bentley was playing, Brad Paisley and Blake Shelton. And that night he decided he's going to move to Nashville. He was 12 years old and become a star. Well, fast forward. Guess what? It's happening. Uh, He's got his record deal. He had uh, a song. uh, Number one is a songwriter. And, uh, for uh, Wallen, but he he's just been making his way and keeping his nose to the grindstone, and it's paying off. So I'm very proud of him. So I cannot wait. All right. Well, let's talk about a guy that's from the Louisville area in Dustin Collins. He's released I Like to Drink. I don't know if I helped him write that or not, but he says he wrote this song about weekends at the lake with his buddies, and that's out right now. What else is going on with Collins, who's been a guest on the Y'all Show before as well, if you want to go look that up, folks. Yes, he is country as cornbread, but don't underestimate him. He is very business savvy and very marketing savvy about his career. Mm-hmm. He basically manages his um, his own career with the with the help of his, uh, his uh, real manager. <laughs> but he's very savvy. He makes wonderful decisions. But he's laughing. I said, I said, I can't talk about beer. I said, my my dad will flip out if he sees me mention parties when you beer drink on Facebook. You know, he just laughed. But when I first met him, I was interviewing him for his single um, called Cold Dead Hands. And I figured I knew he was from Kentucky, but you've got two kind of Kentuckians. You've got the one that blood runs red, the Louisville Cardinals. Or you got the ones that are the true Kentuckians <laughs> with the blue blood that runs like wildcats. So we walked in and. And uh, he, he didn't know I was from Kentucky, but I said, let me ask you a question. I said, let me introduce myself. I introduced myself. And he looked at me with sort of this cockeyed look, like a just, just full of it, you know, like he just, just full of himself. And he looked at me and I said, this can be a really good interview or a really bad interview. What color is your blood during basketball season? And he goes, are you kidding? It is blue. <laughs> I said, mine too. So we give each other a high five and I interviewed him. And he went and told his publicist, he goes, that was like the best interview she got me. She asked me the question she knew. He said, it was like, it's like my family member interviewing me. And then like six months later, he called me and said, hey, I want to get some co-writes. And I've been reading about some of the people you've got going on. You know, like the guy region from The Voice that I had on the season this year. And he said, I just love to come write with some of your peeps. So he did. And he's written three or four pretty big songs. Yeah. And he's been right with Ashton Shepard because she writes in our office. And yeah. So everything just took off. So I had to adopt him. He had to be one of my kids, you know. Well, his song is I Like to Drink, and we can't wait to hear that. And speaking of Dustin Collins and the Commonwealth of Kentucky, and one thing that I kind of like is barbecue. And you can catch Dustin Collins this weekend. He'll be in Danville, Kentucky, at the Kentucky State Barbecue Festival. He'll be hitting the stage around 1 o'clock in the afternoon, as it's going to be a great day in Danville with Dustin Collins, the Kentucky kid, playing some of his great songs. Some of his work actually has got to number nine on the Billboard Heat Seekers albums chart. So looking forward to this Kentuckian and what's the head. You can find all of his info at DustinCollinsMusic.com and you can find Precious Harris's work at INoCountry.com and CollegeOfSongology.com, NashvilleMusicLine.com and of course Y'all.com. And Precious, thank you for the country music knowledge that you provide each and every week. 
Well, thank you, darling. And if you're going to Danville, that's also the home city of the only country songwriter that's had 43 number one songs as a songwriter named Ashley Gorley. Ah. Google him. He's got seven number. He's got seven songs on the charts right now as a songwriter. And he's got a number one party next week, which I was going to see if you wanted to go in my place I will. for Lee Bryce. Oh, because I cannot make it. I cannot. It's it's for rumors. Ooh. And I've got a, a conflicting. One of my other kids is having a CD listening party and I've invited everybody in the town and I just can't do it. I got to take care of my kids. Uh, precious. Uh, can you can you let me sing for just a couple of notes here? Yes. There's a rumor going round that I might go to that number one party. Yes, you will. And I will put you down to be, uh, you know, even though your hair, well, actually your hair is blonde. So you could go in. You're just a foot and a half taller than me. But <laughs> I don't know if it's blonde or gray or black, but the good news for me, at least, is I got some and I don't have to hide behind a hat like Lee Bryce. Just kidding, Lee. You got a number one. You can handle the criticism. He is. Like I said, I knew him too many years ago. Yeah, I'd love to come for you to come in and stand in my shoes. Yeah, who's going to fill Precious's shoes? Who's going to walk that line or whatever it is? Thank you, Precious. We'll thank you. Uh, we'll see you next week. You got me all tripped up here. I can't talk. I'm so giddy. <laughs> That's Precious Harris, everybody. Well, that will wrap up our Y'all Show today. We'll be right back here tomorrow with more of the show that's all about the South. We've got our special spotlight on the Southeastern Conference and more. Don't miss it. This is Y'all. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with garlic. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, but I've been taking garlic and it works. I've been taking garlic for years. My pharmacist recommended garlic. He said there's an ingredient in garlic that helps maintain healthy cholesterol. I take garlic every day. No garlic breath. Lots of people like you are choosing garlic to help maintain a healthy cholesterol. Garlic, it's cholesterol's natural enemy. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed.